From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. When colleagues at Stony Brook University Hospital asked for help caring for patients during the coronavirus pandemic, dozens of nurses and pharmacists from Upstate University Hospital volunteered for the mission. Talking with me by web conferencing software are nurses Emery House and Rachel Carnicelli. Welcome to both of you to HealthLink on Air. Good morning, this is Emery. Hi, this is Rachel. Thank you for having us. Hi. Well, let me ask each of you, um, sort of just tell us why you were willing to volunteer for this, because it seems sort of dangerous. So for us, it wasn't as much of a matter of why, it's more of a why not. We found this to be a mutually beneficial situation for the staff at Stony Brook as well as us. We knew that they were in pretty desperate need for help and it's certainly not going to hurt us to go and learn more about this disease. So we thought it would be good for everybody overall. It was definitely an experience that as healthcare workers we could take a part of, which is um, something that not everyone gets to do. So it's nice that we have this opportunity. Can you talk to me about what it was like leaving upstate? Because you went out kind of in a caravan altogether, right? Yes, there was a variety of emotions that day. I think the best way to describe things for me was surprising. We knew that we needed to show up to the hospital to get, um, they were sending us with some PPE, some masks and gowns and whatnot. We did not know that we were going to have the type of support there. So it was surprising. It was a bit overwhelming as we didn't anticipate that, but I think also overall it was very reassuring how much support we had in this process. Yeah, there were there was a big crowd there cheering you on. And was there a police escort for quite a ways? Yes, I believe the escort ended at Cortland. So it was quite a ways. It was very nice. Neat. Well, now I'm talking to you. You're still at Stony Brook. So can Correct. you kind of tell me, and this I, I believe is your your day off sort of, but um, can you sort of describe for me what your days are like? Yes, um, so we're working the same type shifts that we do at home. We're both day shift, 12 hour day nurses. So the days are 12 and a half to 13 hour days and they are extremely busy. So tell me, um, Emery, what, what sort of nursing do you do at Upstate? What unit do you work on? And and Rachel also, and then are you doing sort of the same unit there? So I do the critical care support pool. So I float amongst all of the critical care units at Upstate. Um, and although I'm working on what's considered the cardiothoracic ICU at Stony Brook, Almost everything has been converted to what we reference as a MICU because a lot of the COVID patients are what we consider MICU patients. So is MICU so, medical ICU? Correct. Okay. And then I work on the, one of the medical ICUs at Upstate, and I'm also working on a medical ICU at Stony Brook. So the environment and the patient care is very similar to what I'm used to. It's just kind of getting used to working with new people and their equipment slightly different. That's kind of been the biggest struggle. All right. 
Well, so are you're taking care of patients with COVID or do you also have patients that are not infected? Um, the unit that I'm on is all COVID positive patients. And same for me. So how sick are they? Are, are, are all of your patients on ventilators to be in the ICU? Are they on a ventilator? So this differs a little bit on the unit that I'm on. Basically, the attending doctor kind of directs the care of how we're going to manage these patients. And that's the same at home or here. My attending here likes to have his patients intubated. Um, and these patients are some of the sickest people that you can imagine. Okay. Then the, the unit that I'm on, they're trying to prevent intubation. Um, unfortunately, a lot of them have been ending up intubated. So our, each of our floors are trying different forms of care, but it seems as if the patients are all kind of ending up with the same treatment plans. What are the age range of your patients? That's, that's one of the surprises. Um, I think that a lot of people, ourselves included, when COVID came about, we considered it pretty similar to the flu. Like, okay, this is a virus. It's people who are immunocompromised or elderly are going to be more susceptible. This is not selective whatsoever. I have patients that are my age. Um, we do have elderly patients as well, but I've seen patients in their 20s up to their 70s with this. And, and that's pretty much that, the same. Are they patients that have pre-existing conditions or are they previously like healthy patients? That's another surprise is that we would expect a, a laundry list of past medical history for these patients, but that this does not exist. Oh, I don't know if some component of that is that maybe some of these patients haven't been diagnosed with whatever conditions they may have had. I don't know if maybe they haven't sought out health care to know that they have pre-existing conditions, but many times we're hearing these patients have no known medical history. What we've seen on the news is that uh, people with COVID generally have a fever, cough, aches. Is, is that what you're seeing? So a lot of the patients that I've been seeing are coming in with fevers and cough, um, but there are many that are coming in for things not related to that, um, like diabetic issues, and then they get swabbed and they're COVID positive. So it almost seems like it doesn't necessarily matter what you come in with. There's a lot of people in the community that are just positive with COVID. What about in terms of treatment? I mean, you've mentioned ventilators. But are there medications or what else is being done to help them while they're in the hospital? A lot of the medical management on my end is trying to create the proper balance with the ventilator and the medications needed to keep them hemodynamically stable. So I'm on the unit, again, of most intubated patients. Like Everybody on my unit is already intubated. And because of that, because we want the ventilator to optimally work, we have the patients pretty well sedated, which in this case takes a lot of medication, but sometimes you give one med and then you come up with a, a problem. So if you're, you're sedating them too much, you might have changes in their vital signs and you might have to give them another drip to fix this problem or that problem. And then if they start fighting the vent, 
then we have to go up on the set of divs. It's very difficult to find the right balance, and that's what we tend to spend most of our time doing is figuring out the right balance of vent setting and drips. Keep the patient comfortable enough to tolerate the vent, but allow the vent to do the work for them until they can hopefully recover. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with nurses Emory House and Rachel Carnicelli. They're two uh, of the Upstate nurses who volunteered to travel to Stony Brook to help care for patients during the coronavirus pandemic. So I'm assuming that you're wearing uh, the PPE, personal protective equipment, from the beginning to the end of your shift. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. Is that difficult to do? I would say it, it's not difficult to do. I mean, it does get kind of hot sometimes when you're in your gown. We wear an N95 mask at all times with a surgical mask on top of it. Um, and it does get hot and uncomfortable. But for me, the hardest part is remembering to put it on in the sense that if something emergent happens, you have to stop, get dressed in your PPE before you can go in the room. And that can get kind of frustrating. Rachel is on what's considered a clean unit. So all of their rooms are negative pressure. So they have the ability to take off some of the equipment in between patients. I do not, I work on a dirty unit. So I am in all of that all day. Well, and if I understand correctly there, I mean, there's no visitors. So you're not interacting with the patient's family members, right? Correct. Or, or maybe are you in, are you talking to them in other methods? It, it, they're not there in person, but are you able to communicate with them? Um, we too are able to call them, and they do have some ability to like FaceTime them or Zoom with them. So if they want, they can see their loved one, um, which I've done a couple times with families. Well, let me ask you this: What have you learned that you'll be bringing back to Upstate? I guess. Um, one thing is that these patients come in typically with respiratory issues, but by the time that they have been through the hospital, they usually have more than just respiratory issues. They develop kidney issues, neurological issues, and there's a lot that goes into it. So just being aware of the kind of their full body, not just the respiratory component. I think that that's a really good way to put it because again, as we all kind of viewed this virus at first to be a respiratory disorder, but we're realizing kind of multi-system organ dysfunction going on here. These patients are a lot more fragile than anybody that I've ever taken care of. Something as simple as turning and repositioning them really completely plummets their ability to breathe for about 30 minutes following doing so. So we have to really handle these patients with care. And then also something that we've been doing down here is clustering care. They try to have you go in the room less frequently and get all of the things done that you need to do so that A, we can minimize our exposure, B, we can minimize the use of PPE, and C, allow the patients to get a little bit more rest in between times that we go in to do what we need to do. Interesting. Well, is there anything else that has surprised you either about the patients or the staff or the disease in your time there? Um, like we said, the patients being a lot younger and otherwise relatively healthy has been a bit of a surprise. Well, what are your accommodations like? So we're staying at a Holiday Inn, very close to the hospital. 
which is nice. It's a quick drive to work. And is that, are you getting all of your meals at the hotel or do you, is the hospital feeding you during the day? Well, both. Okay. <laughs> I answer both. Um, we do have a food stipend provided, a daily food stipend that we get. But I will say the community down here, the support that they have for the nursing staff is unbelievable. Food is being sent to the hospital every single day for the staff. Wow, that's so on nice days to have. Today we'll be ordering food, but when we're at work, there's usually food already sent in. That's nice not to have to worry about that then. Yeah. So how difficult was it for you to separate from your families to travel? So in a sense of separating from family, both Rachel and I went to Africa a few months back, and that was a two-week voyage where we actually really couldn't talk to our family due to service issues and whatnot. So I personally don't find this to be as bad because we can still, you know, FaceTime our family at night or on our days off. So yes, it's, I mean, it's not fun to be away from your family, but we all kind of have to be away from everybody right now anyway. So calling from a hotel room rather than my own bedroom, really. You mentioned your trip to Africa. Was that a medical mission? It, it was a community and healthcare mission. We did a lot of community development and building projects. So we also did some healthcare education while we were down there. So you're all working together and staying together in the same hotel, but it's not just nurses and doctors that you're with up there, correct? Correct. We are working with an excellent team at Stony Brook. And unfortunately, I think that some of the recognition does go unnoticed. A lot of focus is placed on nurses and doctors. And don't get me wrong, I understand that very much. But I will say a couple of other disciplines that really deserve some acknowledgement would be our respiratory therapist and our housekeeping staff. Vital, vital members of the team, it sounds like. They definitely are. They keep the rooms clean, open, and ready for more patients to come in. And they're in the rooms oftentimes just as much as we are. So I guess for everyone, uh, no one's experienced a pandemic like this before. And in nursing, this is you haven't seen anything like this, correct? Does it compare correct. to anything that you, you've uh, dealt with in the past? No. You mentioned- I couldn't oh, have even imagined something like this. Thank you to nurses Emery House and Rachel Carnicelli. They're two of the upstate nurses who volunteered to travel to Long Island to help care for patients during the coronavirus pandemic. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.